Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie. Hope you're all doing well. It's the weekly podcast, and it's time to kind of deal with a real issue today that is present to all of us, whether we want to face it or not, and we have to really be honest with ourselves. But before we go there, I want to talk about what we talked about last week, which was prescription medications being part of overdosing and addiction, because many people had that whole idea that, well, as long as I have prescription medication, my doctor says it's okay, I can take it, and I'm not an addict anymore. But we have to be real about that, because you probably are still an addict, you're just getting it in a different way. So, in light of Whitney Houston and all of the things that we had talked about last week, I just want to keep the awareness going that prescription drugs can be part of an addiction. Please be aware, please make sure you're uh, dealing with these issues and that you talk to your doctor. And if you have a loved one who has these kinds of issues or you're concerned, really sitting down and talking to them or letting their doctor know that you think that they're abusing what they're giving them is not a breach of confidentiality because the doctor isn't talking to you. It's you talking to the doctor. So please reach out and help. But bigger issues for today, we're talking about marriage equality. And I wonder if anybody even really knows what that means sometimes. But these are my questions for you this week. Do you think marriage equality is becoming more accepted by the public? And how do you speak out for equality? And are you as vocal as you can be about the issue of equality? Come on, give me some calls. one 855 sophie now or one 767 4966 Every caller gets a free copy of my book, Side by Side, that mother-daughter conflict resolution book. And who doesn't need that when you're a woman? And we'll... Uh, Really hear from some great experts today, the No Hate Campaign co-founders. They're right here with me. Very proud and very excited to have them. I'll introduce them when we come back, and we're going to take some calls, some emails, and some voicemails. Welcome back, you guys. And today, as I said earlier, we're talking about marriage equality. How do you speak out for equality? Are you as vocal as you should be about that issue of equality? And do you think marriage equality is becoming more accepted by the public? Today with me are two really special people to me because I really commend their strength and their ability to take something that they believe in and be able to move it forward, not just within a town, not just within a state, but within a nation. And I mean, that is a huge, huge thing. And they, they should be very, very proud of what they're doing. And I'm very proud of what they're doing. And with me in the studio are the No Hate Campaign co-founders, Jeff Parshley and Adam Busca. And I'm going to let them talk to you a little bit about who they are, how they came together, what their their brainstorming was and how they got to this point. But honestly, guys, I can't tell you how proud I am to have you here because you're just changing the world. And Thank I hope you. you know that. Thanks so much. Absolutely. So how did this all come about? You're from a little town in New Hampshire. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I grew up in New Hampshire in a small town and... Um, you know, I just kind of came out to LA for something different change of pace. And, you know, I was never really an activist growing up and after proposition eight passed, I think because it struck me so personally, right. um, and it was such an emotional thing in time of, you know, with the election and everything, um, you know, after taking part in the protests in West Hollywood, Adam and I just kind of thought that there was some way that we could speak out to our friends and our family and tell them how I feel and show them how we feel. And, and that came about then you looking at what you're good at and what you were, your passions are and putting that together and... What Adam's good at. Yes. This has really turned into a community-driven driven effort. We really couldn't do this alone. Um, everyone has a, a way they can play a part into this. So, I mean, we really couldn't do it without the community. And what are those like components that the community can add to this 
great idea that you came up with? Uh, well, strength in numbers. I mean, every face counts, like Jeff says. Um, everybody um, has a voice and um, a group of friends and a, a group of people they can influence, that they can um, kind of educate to the issues that are going on in society and speak out um, when there are problems in society. So we all have to kind of use our voices and um, work together. Tell me, what, what makes somebody an activist? I think you can, you know, define an activism in your own right for everybody. You know, I think that if you're if you're doing something that is dear to you and it's it's helping society and trying to further the good of of the country, I think you could be qualified as an activism. So tell me, why do you believe so heavily in this? Like, why does it need to change, and why do we need marriage equality? I mean, it's it's long overdue. Um, it's just it's a matter of respect at this point. I mean, there's, there's so many uh, different reasons for this. When we, like, we started the campaign not thinking that we were starting a campaign. Ah, we that's thought, interesting. We what does that mean? That we, you know, it just, it started in our living room after, after the rally, and it was just our, what we wanted to do is take this photo to use as a visual form of protest, but we wanted this photo to create a dialogue where right. it would then open the door for me to say, this is what this photo stands for, and this is why I have this photo, I see. and this is why I think you should do it. Instead of saying, you know, just coming up to somebody randomly and being like, hey, do you support marriage equality? Let's start talking about it. Right. This photo kind of acts as a tool for right. them to ask you, which then gives you the chance to kind of educate That's them so interesting. and raise yeah. awareness. It starts the dialogue in a whole different way. Yeah. It's something they and can concretely see. And it's not intrusive see. on them because they're asking you. Right. And plus it's a picture of them, and everybody likes to have a picture of themselves. <laughs> and everybody needs a picture of themselves for their Facebook and Twitter That's profiles. right. Well, That's yeah, right. definitely. The way social media works and the way uh, marketing has really changed through social media, we have to make uh, the most of that space. Um, so the fact that we are, uh, I am a photographer gives me the opportunity to photograph people um, and kind of shed light on that. So tell me a little bit about you. I don't, where are you from? Oh, I'm from a small town in central Illinois. It was like a little farm. And you're a photographer. I'm a photographer, correct. I moved to, um, to Chicago for a short period, and then I also moved to Los Angeles, kind of looking for a change, uh, more freedoms. And did you find it? Um, I, I found it until Proposition 8 came. The fact that it could happen in California really shocked me. I mean, that's what really woke me up. So, I mean, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, here we live in a state that's pretty much open about a lot of stuff, and you can't get married. I think to be progressive here. Yeah, yeah I, I think being one of the most liberal states... Um, Proposition 8 took a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. But I also think that that was part of the problem. What do you mean? Because I, th I feel like a lot of people were so confident and so comfortable with the fact that, oh, Prop 8 will never pass in California. That'll never happen in California. That they didn't put the effort into it before it passed. Uh. So it was just kind of more like a lax thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of people putting a lot of effort into the no on Prop 8. But I just think that there was too much confidence yeah, that it would pass, and it didn't pass. Right. And what do you think is the biggest barrier pass. of why it didn't pass? I, I, well, I mean, with Proposition A, I feel like there was a lot of confusion. I mean, they created confusion into that campaign and on purpose. It, on I mean, purpose. And the op yeah. Opposition is extremely organized. Yeah. And why? Why do you think they? How did they create that confusion, and why then? Well, the, by creating the amendment, you know, they're saying yes to amend the Constitution. So if, if just in conversation's sake you hear that Proposition 8 is a proposition about marriage equality, unless you get deeper into it with you're that gonna person, say yes. you're going to say, I oh, I that. support marriage equality, right. I'll vote yes. Right. So I think that that's how you know, it was done to create the confusion, but I think that it was also confusing 
for the people that you know just didn't really know about it they just really weren't educated about right. it right so it's like inverted thinking and they took advantage of that because right. th and people jumped more on people it. likely vote yes if they support something right because people really don't look deeply into these issues right. sometimes they just say oh i i support that and yeah. check it yeah so and you think that's kind of going to change I think it's definitely opened a lot of eyes. I think that a lot of people, a lot more people are more knowledgeable. A lot, a lot more people are more aware. To check the no box. Yeah. Well, it, just to read what they're voting on and to know what they're voting on. And I think that it also, a lot more people are inspired to use their voice to, I mean, the biggest and easiest way to use your voice is to go vote. Right. So I think that, you know, there were even people in 2008 that didn't even vote that would now vote i would hope so because i mean i just think that people just weren't like you said informed they were mm -hmm. checking yes they thought they were supporting it and you know they even have family members that probably would benefit from this and they didn't even realize they were saying no and that's the thing about the campaign is it puts it puts a face to the supporters right. and to the people that are affected by proposition a you know a lot of people could say well proposition a doesn't really affect me so right. i i mean i'm here nor there about it but then when i've realized that my you know my best friend's sister is, is gay then and i see that she has a photo and you know she tells me why she has a photo and why she supports right. in a hate campaign right it kind of makes it a little bit more personal for me yeah it kind of creates that link to everybody so tell me what do you think makes the photo like you said speak to people it gives it that relatable factor um it shows people that are affected by the cause people that support the cause and at the same time it forces you to look into their eyes Everyone is looking directly into the camera, and I think it gives you that chance to connect with that person. You can see the face of the supporters, and another thing that's really important about these photos is it's not something that needs to be translated. So when somebody in you know another country sees this photo, they're going to understand the the meaning of they the get photo it without having to say anything. So is that why it's all uniform? Like, what's the meaning of the white shirt and the tape and the, all that stuff? We kept everything with white on white to give. Um, more attention to the diversity of the skin color and the eye colors in the subjects because we've seen a lot of PSAs and uh, things of this type that are black and white. So it was important for us to give uh, kind of notice of the color. We just wanted we just really wanted to keep the, the the focus of the photo simple so that people will focus on the face of the person in the photo because we really want to put a face to this fight for equality. Yes, and that's what we want people to focus on. Good so job, guys. That's why. Before we go any more into talking about. The campaign. How about we take a voicemail from somebody? Sure. Sounds good. All right. Hi, Dr. Sophie. This is Harold calling from Florida. I have a question about today's topic of marriage equality. And the question is, what effect do you think this has on children of same-sex couples? If they have parents who are not married, and their friends likely have parents that are married, and is this um, some sort of issue for these children? Is it kind of something they don't really understand, and if there were marriage among their parents, how might that change their view of their, their family and the family unit? Thanks very much. Bye. Hmm, that's interesting. So I'll answer as a doctor later. I want to hear from you guys. I mean, when you hear this kind of stuff, because I'm sure you hear it all across the country, what do you think? What do you feel? I could only imagine that could only have a negative effect on it. I mean, to, to look uh, to other families and to see... Um, them being treated as full-class citizens and have different treatment for your family. I couldn't only imagine it would be a negative uh, effect that I honestly wouldn't know from personal experience. I would have to say that those kids that are growing up in the same-sex households, they feel like just as much a family, I feel, by how they're raised. So I think that those two same-sex parents are raising that 
child just like it's any other family. Right. So I feel like when they're in that that in that sense, some of the, some same sex couples can't have kids. They go adopt kids. These right. these people are having children because they want them because they they want to support them. Yeah, they've had to think a lot about it. Exactly. They're not just accidentally having a kid right. and then growing up with Right. They didn't go out, one. have a drink, somebody got pregnant, now got to have exactly. a baby. So, There's a lot of thought that goes into a same sex couple having a baby. Yes. And a lot of barriers and hurdles, which is I think a good thing because it really makes you think if it's the right thing for you. Yeah. And if everybody did that, we would have better parenting going on. Yeah, because mm. these parents actually want the kids. Absolutely. Yeah. So you support that a child should be in a safe, married, kind of secure family just like if they had heterosexual parents. The idea of a family is uh, changing. So, I mean, we just want every kid to have that love and support um, regardless of uh, what the idea of a family is, if it's a single parent or right. if it's a married couple. And if it is a couple... Uh, they should have the opportunity to be married so that there's less barrier for a kid to feel whatever kids feel when they're not connected like the rest of their friends and everybody. Most definitely. Okay. And I agree. I mean, as a doctor and as a psychiatrist, I think it's most important for a child to feel love and connected and safe and permanent in their family. And part of, part of the permanency piece of a family is to feel that your parents are treated equally in the country, in the world, and they're just like your buddy's parents and your friend's parents. And so it's got to be difficult for a child to say, well, my parents can't be married. Because then people look at them and say, well, are they really your parents? And, like, that's really weird and whatever. And it only gives them more issue. So I hope we can push this, especially here in California, because we have a ton of same-sex families that are raising wonderful children. And I, from the Department of Child, uh, Children and Family Services and Foster Care, we, some of our best parents are same-sex parents who adopt our children and it's wonderful because these kids have great 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 lives from a cultural perspective to a understanding of the world perspective and the things they learn and the places they go are just unbelievable so yeah. I think we have to fight it and I think you know Harold's question is really good and I think it's important that we push this because every child deserves parents who are all treated equally that's right yeah and it's interesting to think about because um, this issue really affects all sorts of people in different ways, and Absolutely. it's definitely important to keep uh, kids in mind. Absolutely. And if these kids are growing up with parents that don't feel equal, what do they have to look forward to? Exactly. Exactly. Because then they feel there's a fight they have to do in life instead of they can just live and focus and be and Maybe it's know, how am free. I not going to be equal when I grow up. Exactly. All those kinds of things come up, especially when I treat a same-sex couple that either isn't able to be married because the window's shut here or wherever. And their children are having issues in school because they themselves feel odd because what? how do I explain that? Mm -hmm. And they also feel embarrassed and, and angry and different, and then they start to rebel. So mm -hmm. it does. It's a trickle-down effect, and, and I think that's part of this whole process where we make the world aware that it's not just people want to get married. It's making families and treating kids so they live in whole permanent places. Yeah, it's more about that bond. It is. It's yeah. all about love and bonding. Yeah. It's interesting because when we have adoptions going on in our department, it's, it's amazing because these kids come from these families, they, they're bonded to their parents, but then they get into these homes that are loving and safe, and it just, it's like watering a plant that has yeah. been drooping for a while, and they just soar, and it's great. Yeah. All right, so um, interesting things, and I also think that if there's any ways that you think any of our listeners can get out there and help, I mean, what would you suggest for them to do to be able to support you guys and this cause? For me, for, for the cause, I, I think that your questions are perfect. It's it's 
just be as vocal as you possibly can about it. Everybody needs to know who supports it. You know, that, that's another good thing about the campaign is by putting a face to it, you know, we're bringing out people like Slash and people like Cindy McCain and Miley Cyrus who maybe somebody didn't know already that that person is supportive of marriage equality. Right, right. So now they're influencing people. Everybody right. has a bit of influence. Yeah, absolutely. So use your voice to influence people and just to educate people and raise awareness. What do you tell people who say, well, I would love to support it, but I don't want somebody to think I'm gay? Well, it's, it's not just about gay rights. The fact that this can happen to a minority like the gay community shows that it has potential to happen. And we all need to speak out right. to the fact that we're different and we need to be proud of that. So this is just one example. Right. And I, it's just basically when people are opposing, it's the fear of the difference. The fear of the unknown. Right. Do you ever run into that where people are like, oh, I, I'll give you money, but I don't want my face in it? Not really. Um, surprisingly, haven't ran into too much opposition. We've had tons of success with um, amazing supporters. It's been um, surprising, but overwhelming and a yeah. good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, a, absolutely. What is the opposition that you did kind of come into? Um, we've, we've had uh, protesters here and there. I'm not, I mean, not, not a ton, maybe a handful. But, um, but to us, it just shows that we're reaching um, hearts and minds and we're um, causing people to come out um, from different states to protest us and having to think about why we're there. Absolutely. They have to think and feel why you're there. And mm -hmm. the feeling is the biggest issue because they just don't want to deal with their feelings most of the time. But you're forcing them to deal with their feelings as evidenced by them out there picketing. Most right. definitely, yeah. We encourage everyone to come out and uh, be a part of our sh uh, photo shoots in any respect to start that dialogue. Good job. All right. Let's go to the phones again, please. Hey, Dr. Sophie, this is Christina. I'm calling to ask you a question about equality because my best friend is actually gay. I sort of have a little issue because we always go out all the time, me, him, and his boyfriend, and a lot of people give us, like, dirty looks and, you know, say rude comments and things like that. How do I keep myself and my anger, you know, under control when people are just so ignorant and so just unapproving? If you can let me know, that'd be great, okay? Thanks. Interesting. Mm. I guess she goes out with her friends and their partners, mm -hmm. and then she says they make fun of them. Yeah, it's unfortunate it's that that happens, you know? I mean, but it, it's society putting that into people's minds that gay and lesbian is, is second-class citizen. It's not right. It's, it's, it's abnormal, but it's so normal. Yeah. And I'm, I think people just need to kind of learn it and accept it. Yeah, it's fear. It's all fear-based stuff. But do you think it's any different than any other minority went through or is going through? Not at all. It's it's uh, like history repeating itself, essentially. Right. And um, like she said, I mean, they're ignorant people, but sometimes we have to just rise above that and um, have that knowledge and and, and know when to, as to step back and to educate our friends and our own friends and family in our own ways and be positive about the situation. And what do you think you would tell like somebody like Christina? Because there's a ton of Christinas out there that have buddies and friends and girlfriends who happen to be gay or lesbian, and they love them, but they feel angry when they go out and people make fun of them or put them down. I mean, yeah, rise above it. What does that mean? Do you say something back to these people? Do you let it go? Do you... If you feel like you can get somewhere by educating somebody and, and creating that dialogue in the moment, then I would say go for it. Otherwise, I would say, you know, there's always a handful of people that are going to say something negative. Right. But there's always usually way more that will say something positive. Right. So if, if your friend is, is getting talked to that way, I, I think to, to reinforce your support for them would be a, a huge help for them. And to them themselves, not yeah. to the... the... To, to them. Right. Support them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, every situation is different. I mean, 
but definitely if you have an opportunity to uh, to educate someone, yeah, definitely take that opportunity. But if it seems like something uh, that isn't like going to work, yeah, a, a lost cause, yeah, let yeah. it go. And don't waste your time and uh, spend that focus on people who love and care and that you can change their minds and support. Yeah, I think that's right. And I also agree. And I also think that you should look at somebody who's doing that to somebody and wonder what's inside of them that they don't like or that's being stirred up in them that they don't like about themselves. Right. Because it's like a mirror being held up to them. And if they're having such a strong reaction, it's like, you know, if somebody's wearing purple and you have a strong reaction to purple, there's something about purple for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to not... Make, to make you vocal about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And want to put somebody down or, or lash out. So, I mean, I think that's the other way to look at it. These right. are their issues inside. That's homophobia. Mm-hmm. Do you ever run into that? I mean, the, the protest really is minimal. Yeah. Um, it, but a lot of the protest comes down to the the basis of religion. I feel like, ah. like I, I had like one of those aha moments when um, Niecy Nash did yeah. her did her photo. Right. Um, she actually said, you know, I don't necessarily believe that same sex marriage is right, but on the other hand, I do feel like you should have the option to make that decision for yourself. Which means I don't necessarily agree with it. But I'm not going to vote to take, take your it away. civil right away. Exactly. Yeah. So you know you can still not support or not believe in same-sex marriage and vote no on Proposition Eight. Everybody makes a personal decision, but the civil right should be there. Exactly. And do you support that? I mean, do you promote that when you're out there? Because I think that's important distinction for people to understand that you know just by supporting this doesn't mean you love gay marriage and you want everybody that's gay to be married. I mean, we try to be diverse as we can with the message because uh, no hate can speak to a multitude of different things. So we just try to be open with that as possible. Okay, because I think that's important. So, Christine, I think it's important for you to understand that a lot of these issues that are being spewed down at you guys or anybody that has to deal with that kind of stuff is their own personal issues of self-hate or they're not comfortable with themselves or haven't dealt with something within themselves. And so, you know, like the guy said, if it's a respectful way to teach and educate, great. Otherwise, walk away because you're not going to deal with the deeper issue inside of somebody until they hit a wall, probably, Mm -hmm. or somebody hits them. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. All right. So should we take another call? Hello, Dr. Sophie. I have a question. My, my wife is going to be in my brother, her brother's wedding to another man, and I just feel kind of odd about that, and how would we would explain that to our two children? They're 12 and 7. And, you know, I accept their lifestyle, but I'm just not totally comfortable going to these extremes, but I want to be supportive. So what what could we sit down and tell our children so that we all kind of feel more comfortable going to this event? Thank you. My name is John. I know what I would say to John. Please. I I would encourage him to explain his wife's brother's marriage the exact same way that he explained his marriage. Yeah, I would be honest as possible. I would just uh, explain that it's a family. I would explain the situation no different than any other situation. I mean, it's just a, a real-life part of society like any other family. It's really when two people right. love each other, they come together, they create this bond, and they they you make this commitment to each other. That needs to be how you're explaining something, not when Steve comes with John, 
then they make this bond that's not really right. normal, right, like right, me right. and mommy's bond. You right. know, it needs to be explained just like it's any other marriage yeah. for any other two people. It, it could be. It's actually a great opportunity for a teachable moment to yeah. show how people are different, and um, the fact that they're at that those ages and they're in school. I mean, they can definitely probably relate to that and understand yeah. and process it age appropriately. Yeah, it's actually a perfect opportunity. But what do you say to little Johnny and Mary when they say, "But they can't have a baby"? But they can. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of straight families that don't have babies. So why would we base a marriage based on the fact if we can have a baby or not? You know, there's a lot of babies, I'm sure that you know, that need families. Absolutely. So wh why does it matter that because we can't create a baby between the two of us that we can't get married? Yeah, pro right. procreation shouldn't be a factor. Part of that for, discussion. Yeah. There's so many people that, straight people that can't have kids. Right. And by the way, there has been no child that I'm, we're aware of in our department that has come from a same-sex couple from abuse or neglect. They're all from heterosexual couples. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and most of them yeah. go to same-sex couples when we have to take them away. So. Yeah. But anyway, I think the other bigger issue is what about John looking at John? Because if John didn't have an issue, he wouldn't probably have an issue or a problem discussing with his children. Yeah, it, it sounds like he might um, maybe use the opportunity to get, to get to know his sister's brother just a little bit more and maybe get time to, uh, to know the family. And to be comfortable. Them. Yeah. And so, I've, I, I mean, he says that he accepts the lifestyle. That's my point, though. Does he? So, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. If you're, if you're accepting it, you've you got you to gotta be accepting of all of it. It's, right. it's, yeah, it's not tolerant since acceptance, full exactly. acceptance, and 100%. That's a, that's a huge thing to make the difference between tolerance and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think, John, that's what I would say that all of us would say to you. Take a look at your own self from your tolerance perspective to your acceptance perspective yeah. and see where are you? Are you just tolerating it because you love your wife and your children and you don't want to create an upheaval or are you having an issue that's deeper within you or are you not getting to acceptance because whatever but right. you need to get to acceptance wouldn't you say yeah it sounds like uh, he's holding back there in some respects yeah i think so too so john look in the mirror mm -hmm. deal with yourself so tell me what is like the most memorable photo shoot you've had this is always tough because um, the fact There's that we've so had such many. a diverse uh, amount of different photo shoots makes it such the, the best opportunity. But um, I, I like seeing the, the, the youth, the kids come through and seeing what they do with it. Yeah, um, We have a lot of really cool kids that just understand the cause. And um, we had, I think he might have been a few years old. Uh, um, four or five or something. Four or five or something. Come in with his two mothers. And he held up his parents' marriage certificate up above his head. So yeah. uh, loud and proud. And it was such an awesome moment to see the whole room kind of erupt in applause and cheers. Um, you could understand uh, that, I don't know, that was kind of the symbolism of our cause put into action at that moment. So it was a really cool experience. And do you take those kinds of things and highlight them on your site or anything? Yeah, we've done, we've, we do blogs about stuff and all the, every single photo that, that we've ever done is, is posted on the website. So they're all, they're all there. And so it kind of puts that, that voice with the photo. Because a lot of people are saying, well, you know, why the tape over the mouth? Why the silence? We don't want to be silent. And it's like, well, I mean, it's a photo right. with tape over our mouth, but right. this photo is creating the dialogue. Right, so, right. Yeah, I mean, That's so a, important to, to note. There's a lot of cool things on our website and lots of cool videos, but um, you really can't capture the energy of the amount of people and supporters that come out to a photo shoot without actually coming to one of the events. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, true. it's really great energy. You really should come out and check out our events on our website and check it out. All right, let's take this call <laughs> and then we'll go back and talk about how people can find you and where they're going to go to find you in person. Awesome. All right. I think on the phone we have Sarah. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? You're on the phone with Jeff and Adam and Dr. Sophie. 
Well, I have a question. I have an ex-husband who is gay and wants to get married with his partner, and we have children together, and I don't know how to really discuss this with the children. Ah, very interesting. Guys, what do you think? I would just be honest with them as possible. That seems to be my go-to answer, but I mean, it, it just seems to make most sense. Explain to them the situation. Society hasn't always been the most accepting on these situations, and it's put a lot of people into awkward positions. But yeah. um, I think this is a great, again, teachable moment to explain how people are different. Well, should it be her talking or the ex-husband? I, mean, I, I would say maybe they should sit down together and explain. Um, how old are your kids? Um, one is seven and one is 13. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is an age that you can actually sit down and, and you know, explain that the love that you had with their dad was something that was very special to you guys. But now the love that their dad has with somebody else is very special to their dad. And it's something that you can, like Adam said, it's a teachable moment where you can raise these kids to be accepting of everybody and for no matter what their differences is, are. And, and make it more about we need to treat everybody equally. We need to you know love everybody for who they are and accept them for who they are. And this is who he is. And I think also it's important if you're having an issue with it, look at yourself before you have an open dialogue with them. And if they're having issues, maybe it's either confusion about it in general or it stirs up feelings in them about themselves that you have to make sure you explore with them. But in general, are you cool with the whole thing? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm more concerned about how they would react. Yeah, and are you concerned? I mean, they see him, they spend nights there and all that kind of stuff? Yes, they do. And they do good? They do fine. And are they connected to him emotionally? Um, not very much. And is that because of him or because of his focus on his lifestyle or work? or? Probably more because of him. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I think it's an open dialogue. And, and I really do think it's important, though, that you ask him if it's okay to talk to them or if he'll be there with you, because it is his life, it's his decisions, and it's the way that, you know, his children are going to come to him for questions, answers, clarity, whatever. So, Are Anna, there any books that you would suggest? Get on the No Hate Campaign mm -hmm. website. There is so much information on there, you'll be amazed. And you should also maybe put a picture up. Or you could pull up your kid's favorite celebrity from the No Hate Campaign website and say, yeah. say look at this photo of so-and-so. Let me explain to you why they did this photo, and then you could take it from there by creating the dialogue with somebody that they admire, with, admire yeah. or idolize in some sense, you know, to then kind of say, like, you know, they're supporting your dad. Great. And then yeah, very can, you guys can put your own picture up there, right? Yeah, they yeah, can definitely take their own. Yeah, take your own picture, put it up there, maybe with their dad, their partner, his partner, whatever. And you show your support of all that kind of stuff. And then these kids are going to go to school, and they're going to be accepting of everybody, and they're not going right. to be the, the ones that are going to be the bullies at school. That's right. Exactly. Great. Thank you guys so much. I Thank really you. Have it. a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Interesting, because it hits so many levels of so many people, and it's so many different levels to it. So many different people are affected in so many different ways, and it's great to hear from them and great to, to know their stories so yeah. you can think about that. And they're thinking about it, they're feeling about it, they're, they're having to do something because their children are in a whole different world than they were growing up, different generation, can't turn your eyes away, you got to deal with this stuff because their friends are going to be living it or somebody they love is going to be, you know, who knows? Yeah, we've yeah. made a lot, a lot of progress, but there's still a long way to go still. Yeah, but you guys have really skyrocketed for the whole nation to be able to start this thing. I mean, mm. 
Doesn't that feel great? I mean, it's been an awesome experience, but I mean, like Jeff said, we weren't activists before this happened. So, I mean, while we're kind of educating the community, they're kind of educating us at the same time and yeah. opening our eyes to a lot of this stuff still happening. So. Right. But the key is you're making people feel, and you're making them feel more than typical campaigns because they can see something that doesn't, it's not just words they can dismiss. There's a picture in front of them, and they have to see it, and they can look at it, and it's a constant reminder that they're feeling. So their feelings are more present, so they have to address them. And I think that's an important component to what you're doing. Be proud of yourselves. I am. We are. <laughs> all right, so guys, before we wrap up here today, Jeff and Adam, how do all of our listeners get to you? How can they support you? Where can they come out and meet you? All that kind of stuff. Well, we were born on social media. The first photo yes, you went, were. went through you know, the MySpace days. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're big on our Facebook and our Twitter, which is all just at No Hate Campaign. Our website is nohatecampaign.com, and we list um, all of our events of where we're going to be. We're, we're trying to get to every place that we possibly can, but obviously we know that that's not possible. So we created a section on our website called the um, My No Hate section, where mm-hmm. people can take their own photos, post them on our website, and, and just use their own photos as support until we can get to them. Yeah, the, the photo shoots are open to everyone, all ages. This is something we encourage everyone to come out and be a part of. Um, and if you can't, reach out to us. Send us an email and help us find ways to come to your town. Um, this is something that's definitely, like we say, community-driven. So we can't do this alone. We need your help. When you say open photo shoots, what does that mean? It means basically we'll, um, we'll go somewhere and say, hey, we're going to be set up here between this time and this time. So anybody that wants to be a part of the campaign and support the campaign, come out. And Just show yeah. up. No appointment necessary. Just yeah. uh, wear a white T-shirt, and that's, that's all you great. need. That's great. Yeah. That's so exciting, and you see lines of people out there. Yeah, we take them through the whole process of you know, you know, getting the tattoo put on, and I, I feel like it kind of also builds a sense of community within these small areas. Yeah, you know, for somebody that maybe felt like they were kind of alone or isolated, you know, in Kentucky or somewhere. Right. You know, if we have a, when we have a, our photo shoot there, and they come, you know. They can meet 200, 300, 400 like-minded people that support the exact same things that they support. And they can kind of create this support group within their community that maybe they didn't know where to go to get that. And now they have it. It it exists. And it brings them out. And they start to meet people that they didn't know in their own community. Right. Yeah. Every photo shoot is such an extremely different experience. And that's one of the great things about this is that we can... Um, kind of go to a different city and work with a pride center or right. uh, work with a, a local group here in LA. I mean, we just try to make every photo shoot different as possible and kind of try to, to diversify that as much as we can. That's so interesting because you're really doing a whole lot within one event. And do you guys speak in the community or are you available to the community in any way when you're there? Yeah, we do. Um, we're actually doing a three-trip tour for the Rutgers University oh, very in, nice. in April. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be doing a panel on marriage equality at, at one of their locations. So, yeah, we're definitely around. Um, you know, we're always willing to talk. That's, yeah. that's what we're... Like we say, um, this started with the uh, fact that we were silenced um, by our state. So any opportunity that we get to speak out about this, we're, we're going to use that opportunity and say what we have to. And what do you want to say? Uh, say that we're equal. Say that we're different. Say that we're proud. Um, and that we need everybody's support this you know like like you the point you made earlier is not you don't have to be gay to support we need everybody's support if you do support be vocal about it and right. speak out and and tell everybody and and create that link and create that dialogue and yeah. raise that awareness it's 2012 i mean it's it's right. it's far overdue and it's uh, time for our generation of no hate that's right and so are people able to come up and talk to you at these open shoots and Everybody interacts with Adam, obviously, because they, they do the photo. Um, with tape on their mouth, so it's always right. difficult to get in the yeah, so. <laughs> Sign language. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, we're always around. We stick around after for a little while, and we're always there setting up in the beginning. And, 
there, there's multiple ways that people can reach out to us. We're both have our own personal accounts on Facebook and Twitter and Adam's big on social media. So very good. We're very available. We're out there. Our faces is, is to the cause and, and we just, you know, we have the momentum and we have the support and we have the people listening yeah. and, and we have to make the most of that. Yeah, we're just Absolutely. part of this larger puzzle, this larger movement. So, I mean, again, we couldn't do this alone. So we definitely feel connected to our supporters in the community. Talking about support, I mean, I saw on your website great things to buy, hats and shirts and keychains. Love all that stuff. So people can go there, order that, buy it. Yeah, it's an them. easy way to support No Hate. Right. Like walking around your college campus with a No Hate shirt, people know oh, look, there's somebody that I can relate to right, right. there. There's a supporter. Such Absolutely. a different way to speak out, but we've seen so many people be, be so successful in starting dialogue in that respect. If they can't do a photo, they come and wear a shirt, uh, wear it around town and get such a response. So That's great. Such a great, yeah, great tool. Very nice, very nice. So where do they find you? www.nohatecampaign.com is our website. All right, you yeah. guys got to go there. www.nohate.com. H8. No Hate Campaign. No Hate Campaign. <laughs> yeah. All right, and I'll have a link on my site for you guys. And um, I couldn't thank you enough for all that you do for the world. You should be very proud of yourself. Uh, thank you for your support with the campaign, and thanks for having us on to talk about this. Absolutely. All right, guys, have a good weekend. Thanks, Dr. Sophie. So, as you heard, we had uh, a really great discussion with Adam and Jeff, the co-founders of the uh, No Hate campaign, and they're going to push this through. I just know it. There's a lot of understanding. Listen to the differences between the yes and the no and the confusion that was created between all of the political factors and a lot of this stuff because I think if people understood what they were voting for, they would have voted differently. So we're hoping that this awareness that these two guys are taking across the country and probably the world is going to make the change and really open it up for everybody, but especially for families and children so that life can go on in a much less cumbersome way. So I'd like to thank all my listeners and callers for today's show. Please, you guys, podcasts are available on the website. Hit it up anytime you need it, 24-7, www.drsophie.com, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. Call me, leave me your thoughts, your questions, topics you want to talk about. Again, my book, Side by Side, you can find it in most bookstores and on my site. And please follow me, Twitter and Facebook, for any updates, appearances, or any new podcast. Don't forget to visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up and Don't Forget to Sweep. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head